0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning. You can be seated. If you're visiting, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors at Adventure, and today we begin a new series called Love Thy Neighbor. And uh, it's all about our mission, and our mission here is to bring Jesus hope. Today we're going to talk about bringing Jesus hope to our neighbor. But first I want to begin by actually asking you how well you know some of the most famous neighbors in television. Dating all the way back to black and white TV, how well do you know some of the most famous neighbors in television. This is a big idea message. This concept was given to me by Dave Ferguson, a new friend, and I want to talk to you through how well you know your most famous neighbors, and here's the deal. I'm going to give you a famous neighbor, and then you're going to shout out loud the neighbor that lived next door. Okay? So I'm going to I'm going to give you the name of a neighbor, and then you're going to tell me who lived next door. This is dating back to black and white TV, all right? It's okay to be wrong on your answer. We're a no-perfect-people-allowed church. It's okay to board out a, a just a totally incorrect answer. In fact, we'll commend you for that. All right, here, here, here we go. First, Fred and Ethel lived next door to... Lucy and Desi. How many of you got that right? Okay, here we go. Barney and Betty Rubble were neighbors to... Yeah, 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 yeah. Kramer was neighbor to... There you go. Lenny and Squiggy were neighbors to... Oh, wow, you guys are talented. Those were happy days, weren't they? Uh... Wilson was neighbor to... Yeah, Tim Taylor. Urkel was neighbor to. Oh, um. Ah! Oh, um, didn't quite catch it. Okay. Okay, this is a little more modern here. Frank and Marie are neighbors to. Boom! Good job. And finally, Ned Flanders is neighbor to that, that famous family, The Simpsons. All right, so the, so most of us are pretty good at identifying our how well do we whom they live next door to. Now the question is, how well do we know the names of the families or individuals that are in our immediate neighborhood? How well do we know our own neighbors? <laughs> Exciting, huh? So, what we provided for you when you came in was a program and inside of that program is a neighborhood map. Why don't you take that out right now? The neighborhood map. And I know this neighborhood map doesn't look exactly like your neighborhood, although you can see there's a Stout's Market in on that neighborhood map, but it perhaps resembles yours and then at the at the bottom of your insert is a list of eight names. So what I want to do is have a little fun this morning. I really enjoyed Times Square, New Year's Eve, especially that moment with Mariah. Just kidding, Neil Diamond. And so I'm going to play some of that clip. I'm going to give you a minute, okay, a minute. And again, the music is just to have a little fun, relax a little bit, okay? It's still the New Year's. And I want you to write down the eight names that reflect either individuals or families that live closest to you, I'll give you a minute. Let's do it. Eight names. If you I'm don't have a pen, you. say them. If you, if you don't have a piece of paper, write them on your left forearm. War. If you don't have, if you have a long sleeve shirt, write it on your Touching neighbor's left forearm. Reaching out. Eight names. Touching Eight names. Me. You. Eight names of families, eight games of individuals that live most you. Sweet Caroline. Bye, bye, bye. Good times Participation is at an so all-time good. high this morning. I've been inclined bye, bye, bye. to believe they never would, but now I. All right, we're coming. All up right, to the okay. Final now, I want you to in the in the column next to the eight names that you listed, right? Eight names. We got that right? Done. Simple. Easy. Ugh. Okay. I want you to write some informational stuff about those neighbors. Just information about them. Factual information. Occupation, hometown, where they went to school or interests. Go ahead and write that down. We'll give you another minute for that. Put you can sing if Here you're not go. participating. Come on That's now. That's your punishment. Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. Good times never seem so good. Back to occupations, Occupation. Interests. I've been inclined. Ba, ba, ba. To believe they never won. I'm a sweet Caroline? Ba, ba, ba. Good times never seen Why did you have so your good. hands full so 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 I've been inclined Bye. to believe they never won. All together now. Okay, you got ten seconds. Now I want you to write down the hopes or dreams in that information stuff. Hopes and dreams that you know that, that, are, that any of those eight names have. Hopes and dreams. Write those down. Hopes and dreams. Not that you will move far from them. Sorry about that. All right. So... How many of you needed more than 10 seconds to write down the hopes and dreams of the eight closest neighbors to you? Yeah, pretty, a little bit? Good, 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 good. So, most of us, once we get to that point, that can be a little tough. Hopes and dreams, that means some conversations, really getting to know your neighbors, the ones that live very close to you. This series, we're in, and this centers on a passage from Matthew 22 where Jesus is approached by the religious leaders who ask him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment, they ask him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And I can imagine that everyone's chiming in. Hey, what is the most important thing of the law? Because there's over 600 laws uh, in addition to the Ten Commandments. What is, how do we just synchronize all of them? What is most important, and as, as, as I would imagine you're thinking about making a New Year's resolution or uh, several of them, wouldn't it be nice that what Jesus considered to be the most important thing for us to be about, that that somehow served as kind of an umbrella for what we were doing? Wouldn't you want to know what God thinks is the most, most important thing for us to be about? So this is how Jesus responds to the question, and I'm going to give you a chance to actually read it out loud with me. When I get to the red, that's where you chime in. Here it is. Love the, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the, and, all right, commandment. That was the answer to the question, which is the greatest commandment? Almost. He adds something. And the second is, what? Like it? Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. Here's what I want us to consider today. What if we were actually to take the second meant literally? What if we really did making love our neighbors a priority? And I don't mean neighbors in some kind of general sense. You know, like this idea, hey, everyone's your neighbor. That there's space for that, even in Christian theology. But I'm talking about with specificity, you're the neighbors that you share, with whom you share fences. See, when we had this idea that everyone is my neighbor... When we have that kind of view, this is what happens. When we view ourselves as neighbors with everyone, we often find end up being neighbors with no one. So for the next few weeks, the challenge is to aim for something more specific, more focused. What if we were actually to take the second half of the great commandment and love our neighbors? a mayor in Denver that was approached by some pastors about their effort to equip their congregation to be more neighborly commented that she thought it was potentially a a resolution for a lot of the problems that existed in some of the Denver neighborhoods. Uh, The majority of the issues, she said, that our community is facing would be eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. How do we become a great neighbor? Because here's the deal. Everyone is created for connection. Everyone is designed for belonging. Everyone is wired for fellowship Everyone is designed to pursue connection. This idea of Christian community or fellowship that we enjoy, a mutual love for each other that is like and sometimes even greater than the love of a brother and a sister, a mother and a father, according to Jesus, is something that we would want our neighbors to experience. Maybe to love our neighbor as ourself is offering this kind of belonging that we have in Jesus to them. When you look at your neighborhood map, you may realize that you don't live in a place where everyone knows your name or that you know everyone's name. What would it be like to be in a place where everyone knows your name? You remember, you know what it's like. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows right. your name. You want to be in a place where people know where you, you and are known. You want to be in a place where you know others where and they're known. See. So let's look again at what Jesus says about being a neighbor. Can we do that? Let's look with some precision here. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replies in a way that we all understand. You can say it with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Say it with me. And with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And I think... Unless you're experiencing some real spiritual warfare, unless you're being tripped by some of the attacks of the devil, uh, which can be um, anger, desire, opposition, um, and and bitterness that can sometimes get you stuck, this is like, yeah, I got that. I want to love God. I got that. I I got that. I want to love him. But then Jesus says something that's weird. This is weird. And if it's not, then I'm just weird. It's possible. But check this out. Then Jesus said, and the second is like it. What, what do you mean the second? If you're one of these attorneys of the word of the law, and you've asked Jesus for the greatest commandment, you interrupt and you say, we asked for the greatest commandment. We didn't ask for a second one we just wanted one answer we just wanted one you're giving us two what are you doing the second one is like it how does it make you feel the idea of of loving that guy who blares his music until 1 in the morning or that neighbor who always that neighbor whose name is bud who always drinks a bud or Or that lady who's always talking about how great her children are in comparison to everyone else's. Or that neighbor who doesn't hesitate to pick up to call the homeowners association on you without even having a conversation. I've had one of those. Or that neighbor who has a dog, who never has a dog on a leash and always leaves little gifts on the sidewalk in the grass. Okay, so you don't have to love the dog, but you got to love the dog owner. And Jesus says, it's like it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and your strength, and and there's one just like it. And love your neighbor as yourself. What? They're nothing alike. Would you agree? They seem totally contrary, because one is kind of private, and I can feel like I can manage. The other is out of control, right? Way too many obstacles, way too many variables, way too many things I can't control. Here's the deal about the greatest commandment. When Jesus was asked the question, he answered it in two parts because those two parts are inseparable. They're both equally measured. The way we love God is reflected by how we love our neighbor. The way we love our neighbor reflects how we love God. Even that neighbor, that one you're thinking of right now that you're like, Oh, I thought I saw you haul out front this weekend. Oh, that was exciting. And the way this is possible is through our own personal transformation. As we grow in our relationship with God through Jesus, we experience his love and peace and grace, and, and it overflows. It's like a 7 Slurpee that you re- remember in those days when you would intentionally overflow, or was I the only one? And it's like you're experiencing God's grace, and you can just easily share it with someone that otherwise you wouldn't want to. The transformation doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen because we're trying harder. It happens because of his grace in our life. His generosity allows us to express the same level of generosity to others. What Jesus says here about loving God is this idea of us bringing other people hope. Wouldn't you want your neighbors to experience the same kind of hope, especially this time of year? Where people are struggling with hope in their marriage this month. They're struggling with it. This is the month in the year where most couples file. Families need hope. Families need hope in our community. Maybe it's that person you run into at the mailbox or that person you meet at the sidewalk. Theologian Theologian N.T. Wright says it this way. These commandments begin to come into their own when they are seen not as orders to be obeyed, in our own strength, but as invitations and promises to a new way of life in which, bit by bit, hatred and pride can be left behind and can become a reality. When Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor, he's inviting us into a new way of life. A way of life that could restore our neighborhoods, our cities, a way of life that is full of purpose and meaning, and a way of life where everyone knows your name and you know theirs. It's kind of cool. The other day, I was looking for somebody in our neighborhood. I was actually running out, and I needed to stop by and say hi to this gal. And I kind of forgot where she lived. So I went to the wrong house. And the gal came to the door, and I said, hey, I'm Scott, and I'm looking for And she said, I know who you are. And I was like, whoa, that's not good, is it? (laughs) No, it, it was fine. But it's nice to be in a community where people are known. It's nice. I appreciate this story. That I shared with you already last year, Ryan and Julie Ahern talked about their neighbors. They said, We moved across the street from Ross and Stacy, long term adventurers. And I would say hi and chit chat. We thought they were nice people, but never imagined how our life would change by meeting them and find out that God brought us together for a reason. As we got to know Ross and Stacy, Ryan has two sons. Things in common, including both of us having blended families, and Ross had two sons, and Ryan has two sons. We would talk with them about their struggles and our struggles, and they would talk about how God was working in their lives. They always listened to us and showed us compassion, and it was very easy to trust them. We went through a very difficult time trying to get pregnant, and they had multiple miscarriages. They saw our pain. When's the last time you've seen your neighbor's pain? They saw our pain and grief and invited us to church. We fought going and wasn't sure it would help. It was Mother's Day, and Melissa gave the message that day. It gave us a glimmer of hope and allowed us to open our hearts to God. Since that day, Ross and Stacy have continued to support us on our journey. They have encouraged us. With Bible study, they meet with us weekly to have dinner or go on walks around the neighborhood and pray for us daily. Their love and encouragement has helped us draw closer to God, has opened the door to meeting new friends and a, at a great church, and has helped our family become more Christ-centered. Who were the neighbors of Ryan and Julie Ahern? Ross and Stacey O'Brien. Let God, through them, love them. I think we got to remember when we're talking about our neighbors are that our neighbors are not projects. People are not project. Jesus says we're to love God and love our neighbors and there's no strings attached. Doesn't matter if they ever go to church. Doesn't matter if they ever become a Christian, but no doubt we can see that their life with Christ's peace and joy. What kind of peace and joy and hope your neighbors might experience if they knew Jesus personally? Do you have a vision for that? Wouldn't you want them? If the opportunity comes to experience him in some very special way, people are not projects, that's for sure. But we want them to experience Christ's forgiveness. We want them to experience his purpose in their life. And we want to give them the Jesus who can help them go through the most difficult of times. Some of you have been through very difficult times. You have the grit to help others go through very difficult times. When we intentionally get to know people around us, we create opportunities to help them experience Jesus' hope, our mission, Jesus' hope. Now, if you're like me, there's reasons you're not interested in this message at all. So, one of them, and I feel like this personally as a pastor, I really do. When I'm in our community, I don't tell people I'm a pastor. I, I'm afraid if I tell him I'm a pastor there immediately, he's a Kirby salesman, stay away from him. You know he'll, want it. he'll tell you he wants 20 minutes, he's gonna take two hours. If any of you sell Kirbys, I'm sorry, but you need to be more honest about how long you're gonna stay in our house, okay? <laughs> Number two, sometimes the truth is we don't like our neighbors, okay? No, no, no raising of the hands this morning. They scare us sometimes. They're different, they're mean. Sometimes there's just awkwardness just awkwardness don't know what to say hey how about this one we're busy Uh, isn't that just the answer for everything we're busy or how about yeah it's kind of this kind of goes with the second one it's not me it's them (laughs) it's not me it's you (laughs) how about this fear of rejection i don't want to be rejected i've been rejected by my neighbors that's no fun or how about this this sometimes is for me i'm just being a little vulnerable here i'm out of relational bandwidth okay i want to go home i'm like. I, 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 the only thing I want to do is maybe <laughs> curl up on the couch, assume the fetal position, and just kind of rest, right? I don't know what it is for you, but I can tell you something that's surprising this time of year. As we think about setting goals, many, most of us, most Americans have health and fitness goals. They want to live a healthier life. How many of you would say, yeah, I, I want to live a healthier life. I want to live longer, ideally, Lord willing. Here is a fascinating study on longevity that came out uh, just before the new year. I want to walk you through that That I think is surprisingly related to relationships. Here it is. So this Dr. Chen Cottle shared this on CNN, and uh, she was uh, sharing what Doctors uh, worldwide have discovered to be keys to living long, healthy lives. In, in very isolated parts of the world, people just live abnormally long, okay? So they're saying you can live 110 years old if that's your goal. That's, uh, that's where, where this will take you evidently. So intense, regular daily physical activity, right? Surprise, surprise. Kind of a downer if you don't like exercise. Um, also, have a reason to get up in the morning. Yeah, a job, a hobby. Got to be willing to get up, okay? That's step. Second, reduce your stress. Take a nap if and when you can. I'll try to talk loud to keep you from doing it now, but take a nap, okay? These people that live very long, they don't eat till they're full. Sorry about that bad news. Only about 80% full, so said Confucius. Prioritize a plant-based diet. Dairy, meat, and fish should be taken in moderation, Alcohol in moderation, all right? How many of you would say, yeah, nothing surprising about that, right? Groups that have healthy Engage in religious communities. Maintain positive, multi-generational family relationships. Here's here's what I conclude. Loving your neighbor, whether that's a family member, a fellow Christian, or uh, a fellow, a neighbor with whom you share a fence line, is going to, help you live a healthier happier life healthier happier life so why not and why not our neighbors actually i like what john ackoff said with neighbors you do a thousand things for 10 minutes that matter most all the interactions that seem inconsequential conversations at the mailbox conversations out front uh all these interactions may seem very inconsequential until a neighbor goes through a crisis Do you know some of the crises some of your neighbors have gone through? They're real. They're just as challenging as the ones we go through. Imagine what would happen if we became a church of great neighbors. Just one neighbor along with a few others could transform a neighborhood. And if we began to transform a few neighborhoods, we could transform an entire community. And if we begin to transform our communities, then our, our cities will become safer places, better places. So. What I want you to know is that, or uh, remind you, is that our mission here, if you can say it with me, is bringing, say it with me, Jesus' hope to an imperfect world. Excellent. Gosh, let's say that again. Bringing Jesus to an imperfect world. Okay. How do we do that? I mean, how do we, fill, how do we fulfill our mission here at Adventure? What we have been sharing with you this year is to use this acronym every day. Make it a part of your life. And it's, it's a WIN acronym. It's derived from the biography of Abraham who was told, I am going to bless you and I'm going to bless others through you. Your life is intended to be a blessing. How do you accept that mission of being a blessing to others and bringing them hope? What we challenge you to do is every day, begin each day with prayer. It's the best goal you could have. It's that cascading habit, that domino habit that affects everything else in your day. We say give Jesus the first 15 minutes of your day. Give him five minutes of listening to some great worship music. And then five minutes of giving him thanks. And then five minutes of looking at some scriptures. Start simple. Simple only took 3 times like in psalms or proverbs or the gospel of john or mark something very simple don't start in leviticus you'll quit by chapter 2 okay and then as you go just like missionaries do in the developing world christian missionaries you pray each day and you listen for opportunities you just listen and today's challenge is this as it relates to loving your neighbor and bringing them hope this is my challenge for you this week learn the names of your eight closest neighbors. That's it. That's your challenge this week. That's your New Year's challenge. Learn the names, last names, first names, of your eight closest neighbors. And if you're really struggling with this, if they have a dog or cat, you know the name, you can throw that in. That makes a difference sometimes in connecting with people. Learn the names of your eight closest neighbors. And what could happen as you do this? I'll tell you what could happen. The Holy Spirit could use you. Do you know what? And I'm talking about just those here that are, that are Christians. You've made a decision to cross the line of faith and make Jesus the leader of your life. Do you know what missiologists say? I'm talking people who study, who study missionary work. You know what they say is critical in the United States? The same thing that's critical in reaching Muslims in Somalia. Same thing, same principle. American Christians have got to start getting to know their neighbors, having them over for dinner, doing life with them. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works through those relationships. You don't have to say anything necessarily. Just be there, love them unconditionally. And we see it here. Folks, folks showed, by the way, one of my neighbors showed up Christmas Eve. I've, I've first time. I didn't invite her. I don't know how it even happened. I've been at parties with her and her family, but I think you just you just show up and love people, and the Holy Spirit does something that we can't even measure. So this is this is this is not just critical for the church. I think this is critical for your own well being that you love your neighbors. There's nothing like having peace with your neighbors. Good fence lines, and God helps makes that possible in the early winter. He sometimes will blow our fences down. So we have to have critical conversations with our neighbors, right? (laughs) And sometimes they're conversations that cost a lot of money, right? We have to have very personal, you know, I don't like that fence. I don't like that. Let's do this right. You're like, how much? Uh, I'll do it myself. No, I don't want you to do it, (laughs) right? Uh, That's personal. (laughs) So God's will is that we love our neighbor. In the New Testament, book of Acts, most people come to know Christ through a relationship with their neighbor a work associate, or a family member. So the Holy Spirit works through this, and if you want to let the Holy Spirit use you, yes. It's in that wholehearted devotion to him, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, yes. And there's one just like it, loving your neighbor as yourself. What, Jesus? We asked you for one commandment. We weren't asking for the other one. But they're inseparable, he says but they're just like one another. They fit together. When you're loving your neighbor, you're loving your... When you love your neighbor, you're loving God. I think the cross itself is symbolic of this. The cross itself has the centerpiece that Christ was was nailed to by his feet, but it also has the patibulum that he had to carry a 100 yards that reflects, that symbolizes our horizontal relationships, that we extend unconditional love to others like Jesus did us. Would you make a commitment? One commitment today. Eight names. Eight names. If you're like, you know what, I'll do it. Yes, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. Would you just raise your hand right now say, yeah, I'm in. I'll do eight names. I'll do eight. How many of you would say, I'll do seven? I'll do seven. Seven going once. Seven going once. <laughs> right? Okay. If you're in on that, why don't you pray with me right now? And before we do, let me just say, there's one name that's the most important name. It's the name of Jesus, at which every knee will bow someday and every tongue will confess he's the Lord, he's the master, he's God. Have you known that name yet? Have you made that name? The most important name in your life? If you haven't, I'm going to give you a chance to. I know some of you are perhaps here starting your right, wanting to get back into church. (laughs) You did not want to come here and hear about loving your neighbor. Maybe that's a little like, ah. The most important name is Jesus. Maybe today you make a first-time decision or a rededication to his name, making him the Lord of your life, trusting him entirely. Maybe that's your decision today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we heard your son Jesus today tell us the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And the second one is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, we know that according to the scripture, you put us in the homes, in the places of employment, in the locations by design. We are where you want us. God Would you give us the strength to begin each day with prayer? And by your Holy Spirit, would you provide opportunities for us to get to know our neighbors and learn their names this week? Would you do something just crazy fun this week where we get to know our neighbors, that we get to know their names?